people told the story of how he made an impact, whether it was really small or maybe it was big. There are ways that you can change somebody's day or month just by a small task. And I think that's the most important part to me is making an impact on somebody. And when they look back, they say, oh, wow, she did this or she did that. And it, it made me happy or it was a positive change in my life. Hi, everyone. It's Marcy Bullock. Welcome back to season three of Wolfpack Career Chats, the anchor season. A, ambition. N, networking. C, compassion. H, health, both mental and physical. O, organization. And R, resilient. Enjoy the pod. This is Marcy Bullock with Wolfpack Career Chats today, talking to Bryce Miner. Hi, Bryce. Hi, Marcy. Thank you for having me here today. I'm so happy to see you again. It's been a little while since I saw you in my, I like to call it adulting class, and now you're officially an adult, right? Yes, officially, I guess. <laughs> but I do miss the Wolfpack, that's for sure. I understand. I know. I saw some research that said you're not really even an adult until you hit 30. So you still have some more time to make mistakes and learn and figure it all out. But why don't you start off today sharing a little bit about yourself with our Wolfpack fans? Yes. Yeah, so I graduated last May. Um, I was a psychology major. I started out in college with the like spring admits for NC State. So I didn't start until spring. Um, which was a little difficult, but, you know, NC State's a great school and got me caught up pretty quickly. It took me a little bit to figure out what my major would be, but I realized psychology is used in everyday life and I could always use it no matter what I do. Um, and I was really struggling with where to go after college when it was my senior year. And luckily I took Mark Siebel's class and she helped guide us to figure out what we want to do and where we wanted to take these next steps after college. So through that and through her walk and talks on campus, she helped guide me to find, you know, my next steps and ultimately get me to where I am today. That's very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. I think one of the goals we have in the classes that we teach here on campus is to help students realize that they have amazing potential and that they are sometimes their their own worst enemy holding themselves back. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing now, how you found this role, and what are some of the rewards? Yes. So now I'm in a sales position and I'm helping boost the development in our company. And the way I got this job was through like networking with a friend, which is once again, one of the things Marcy taught us was, you know, use your connections, use who you know, and people want to help people. So that's where I am now. I love it. Um, like I said, I do miss being um, in the Wolfpack, but um, ultimately it's been great. You're always part of the Wolfpack family forever. You know that as an alum. Is this where you saw yourself and what what is like a typical day for you? So I like I said, I really didn't know where I saw myself, but I knew I liked working with people closely and I value like having relationships with others, um, whether it be friends or colleagues, just you know, having those close connections with people. So that's really what I saw when interviewing for this company. And they made it clear that their work-life balance was very you know, equal and that they value their employees individually. So that's 
what ultimately drove me to this position. And I can still see that to this day. It's been very welcoming and going off of our topic is very compassionate and they're understanding and they're really willing, willing to help you where you are. Well, I'm glad you jumped into that compassionate tangent because that was something that we were talking about before we started recording is just how the world has changed. Like you said, since you graduated, everything was virtual on campus and now you started your new job. Are you virtual or in person? What is, what is the work world like and how is compassion playing into it for you? So my typical work week is going in three days in person and then two at home. And so as you can see now, I'm at home and it's nice because I get to interact with people in person. I get that piece of leaving my home for a little bit and getting out for the day. But then when I come back home, it's a nice balance of being here and getting caught up in the things I need. So it's just a great way to have best of both worlds. And the way that compassion plays into that is everybody knows that the pandemic the work world has changed forever. Um, people realize that being at home is okay to work from home and that it's okay to have a nice balance of being in office or being at home. So the compassion is realizing that people have lives outside of work. That is an interesting way to look at it. I agree with you that everything has changed forever. There's there's really nothing that we do in our jobs here on campus that are the same way we did a pandemic ago. And we are, I like the compassionate train of thought that you said where you're, you're seen as a human being, not just as someone that's productive. How do you do balancing that all out? You said there's a nice work-life balance in your company. Do you have a certain number of hours you're expected to work? And, and how do you stay focused if you're at home? Yeah, so it's, you know, typical 8.30 to 5, and that's when I'm working. But when I'm at home to stay focused, is like playing music and maybe like putting away my phone and just kind of getting through my daily tasks and taking it day by day. Um, so it's just, it's definitely a process to learn how to stay productive at home. But luckily, college teaches you to, you know, study and get things done. So it translates well into work life. Absolutely. I wonder about the the whole notion now that you're in this, like you said, 830 to 5 role, very different than when you were a student with breaks in between classes and whatnot. What is the relationship like with your boss and your teammates? And what advice do you have for college students that may never have been in this professional setting? I think one thing this job has made me realize is your team or your boss really will make a difference in the way your work life is. My boss, he's amazing. He's understanding, um, very personable. And so that helped me to like my job that much more because I enjoy going in and working with my team. But I believe if I had a really difficult boss or maybe they weren't as understanding, it would make me view my work a little differently and I'd be more resentful of the things I was doing. Have you had anything like a performance review yet or opportunity to get feedback on how you're doing? Yes. So we have quarterly performance reviews just to discuss things you can do better, things you did great. And I find those super helpful because it's, you know, a pat on the back of things you've done well and you can recognize your strengths. But then at the end of the day, you see 
okay, these are the things that maybe I didn't do so well and that I can improve on. And sometimes they're not always work related. They can just be, you know, personal connections or, you know, just within the company as a whole. So I think that's important to look at. It's not always just about work, but growing as a person as you work. That's great. I like how you are open to taking feedback. Sometimes people have trouble hearing things that are maybe critical or something that could be constructive. So um, I know in our class, we did Gallup Strengths. Do you see that playing out at all in this job that you have now? And when you talk to your boss about your performance? Yes, absolutely. And one of the things in my interview was I really like harped on those strengths and said, this is what I'm good at. Obviously, I maybe didn't reference the things I wasn't good at. So, you know, pulling those out as I work and showing that this is a strong part of my personality was really important. Yeah, that makes you really stand out. I think when you're self-aware and you know yourself, which of the strengths, Bryce, do you use the most now in this new role? I believe one of mine was positivity-based. And I think that's a big one. And that's one I've been like complimented on is any task we're given just to be positive, even if it doesn't go the right way, or maybe it's not something you want to do at the time just to always look at the bright side. And so that's one I try to take not only into work, but every life as well. I remember that about you just bringing in that really optimistic kind of energy. And that's so nice in a work team to see the glass half full and look at things from that vantage point. So that's, I'm sure, a positive thing that everyone likes about you. Going back to when you were trying to figure out how to use this psychology major. You said you liked working with people. And I think a lot of students kind of don't even know what jobs are out there, but they know, hey, this is what I'm really good at. People come to me. I'm the go-to person for XYZ. But how do I translate that into a job? Was that a confusing time for you? And if so, how did you make sense of it all and just get your confidence up to start applying for jobs? Yes, it was definitely a hard thing because I knew exactly what I liked to do or the things that I was good at. But I didn't see a job description that said exactly what I'm good at. So I really just sat down and said, okay, what do you see yourself doing? Where do you see yourself? Like, close your eyes. Where do you see yourself a year from now, five years from now, and even further than that? And I kind of just let my heart take me where I wanted. And I let life kind of play out. Obviously, this job kind of came to me through a friend. And it wasn't one on the top of my list. I was like, I don't really know if that's what I want to do. But it checked all the other boxes. It checked all the things that I'm good at. And I said, why? Why not? You know, I couldn't give myself reasons why not to take it. And so even though I knew I was struggling with maybe where to go or what to do, I had to figure out where I saw myself. And that's what really helped. That's an interesting approach. So looking at it from maybe five years in the future and then working backwards. And I think serendipity plays a really big role in people's lives. It's so frustrating when you think I must have a plan and I must know what's going to happen next year. But we've all realized that we have to be so adaptable. And when you think about your five years in the future, what kind of goal do you have at this point? 
I definitely, I want to be like happy and content in my life. I think that's probably the biggest goal. And I want to be successful. I want to be able to have accomplishments on my list, maybe in work or in life. And sometimes you won't always say, okay, I'm going to be at this job in this position. But as long as I'm meeting, you know, my goals of being happily, happy and accomplished and, you know, complete, that's all that matters to me. Oh, I like that. And when you think about being successful, how do you define it? It's interesting because I guess every person has their own set of values that they try to align their actions with. What are some of yours? Um, I think I hold, I like to think that I hold myself to a high standard. So it takes a lot for me to feel like, okay, that was really well accomplished. And I think successful means that you did everything to your best ability. It may not mean that you always succeeded, but it means that you put your whole heart to it and that you tried your best. I love that it's not always you do it perfectly because some of us have that perfection addiction. And I'm actually teaching a class in 2022, practicing happiness. So I'm trying to get ready for that as far as even helping people deal with failures and realize that when you do stumble or have a misstep, there's so much learning in that. Have you had any of those, any challenges or any obstacles you've had to overcome? Yes. So this one's a little, uh, I guess, deep, but my dad died a few weeks ago. And obviously with just starting work, that's a difficult thing to like deal with. And it's definitely like an obstacle to overcome. And I think that's what's helped me to realize like work is such a, your community is an important thing about you and to surround yourself with. And everybody has lent out such a helping hand and that's important when you have obstacles because those around you will help you through them. I'm so sorry. That is a, a really vulnerable thing to share today. And it's so it's so raw for you. You said it's just been a couple of weeks ago. Um, and having the surroundings of other people lifting you up. Um, I just I got chills when you were talking about that. Um, I also have gone through loss, you know, of loved ones. And I feel like grief is one of those things that there's no advice for it. But somehow you make it through all the first. And with the holidays coming up, I know you're probably going to have a tough time. Yes, absolutely. And kind of going back to that compassion piece, I've been shown so much compassion in these past few weeks. And I think it really goes to show that letting somebody know you're thinking about them or that you're there for them, even if it's not, you know, word for word, that means a lot to people. And especially with the holidays. You never know what people are going through or what's going on in their lives. So just reaching out to people and letting them know, hey, we're here for you is always a great thing. I agree. It's so, you know, it just makes you think about the human side of us. And we, when we're at work, we think, oh, produce and be efficient and make sure that you get all your action items in on time and no deadlines are, are missed. But when it comes down to it, this pandemic, we've had so much loss because of the pandemic. And then it kind of every family was affected by it. So I think that's why we're having this thing called a great resignation where some people are stopping working and they're just realizing that it's more important to be around people that you love and you you mentioned that, you know, you have 
people around you that have supported you. Um, are there any other thoughts you have about just this journey you're going through on your loss? Yes, I think life is like so precious and we're not always reminded that until you know at the last moment. So I think that's one way we need to treat life every day as a gift. And that's why you always should try your best and do your best because that's the way to, to live your best life, you know? It's so precious. And it's, you know, you, I think we all have this knowledge that there's mortality, but until it hits you right there close to home, it's not real to you. And then you do start feeling so much gratitude again um, for all the things you have. So I don't know, this helped me a little bit when I, when I lost my dad and that was, that was many years ago, but it was just like a memory that made me happy. Do you have a memory of your dad that, um, that you could share with me today? Oh my goodness. I have so many. Um, my dad was always just a funny person. He taught us to laugh and to, you know, always look at the positive. So I'd like to think that's where I get that trait. And I remember one time we lived on, we live on the river and our boat broke down on our way home and it was pitch black out. And here we are like eight years old, freaking out that we couldn't get home. And he just reminded us, it's going to be okay. Like it will work out. And surely enough, it did. But in the moment we were so panicked and he reminded us, it's going to be okay. You're, we're going to figure it out and we're going to get home, but worrying won't help anything. You just have to be positive and see the finish line. Oh, that's, that's a great memory. So you were only eight years old. Do you have siblings as well? Yes. I have an older brother who's three years older than me. Um, and you were, you were all in this boat together. Yes. It was just the three of us. Um, and then it was pitch black. The engine wasn't working and it was just a mess, but we did make it home clearly because I'm here today. Yes, you are. And I bet that's a story in your family that you told quite a bit. Absolutely. You know, he would always cringe a little bit when we told the story because he's like, you know, the captain of the ship, nothing can go wrong, but we love to tell that story. And to this day, we still do. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for sharing that one. I needed to hear that today. And I, I didn't know we were going to go in this direction. But I feel like my heart is just a little bit fuller hearing you reflect on that and how life is such a gift. And, and sometimes it sounds so cheesy. But it honestly is something that when you have a traumatic loss, it's with you for a period of time. And it just is magnified, you know, that we all have some kind of expiration date, but we just don't know what it is. And I don't think I want to know. But like, when you look at your future, and you think about your own legacy, um, and the legacy of your dad's, what are some things that you will have taken from him that you hope people will remember about you? Um, I think making an impact on others. I think the biggest thing that stood out was people told the story of how he made an impact, whether it was really small or maybe it was big. There are ways that you can change somebody's day or month just by a small task. And I think that's the most important part to me is making an impact on somebody. And when they look back, they say, oh, wow, she did this or she did that. And it, it made me happy or it was a positive change in my life. 
Well, knowing you, I have a feeling you do that on the regular and it can be something little. Like you said, it can be smiling at someone that's having a tough day. It can be holding the door. It can just be that, that kindness that we have for our, our human friends that, like you said, the shoes they're walking in, we just have no idea. Well, we're going to go into our future time machine now, and we're going to go 20 years into the future. So you've had some time to deal with this loss that just happened a few weeks ago. You are maybe somewhere in your 40s, and you are now talking to the Bryce Miner of today. What do you need to hear today from your older, wiser self? I think I would tell myself that it is going to be okay. And you will always have the people that love you. Um, and you can always surround yourself with people that love you. And that sometimes feeling better in the moment might be doing something for somebody else. And the most important part about having compassion starts with having compassion for yourself. And life is hard and we need to realize that. And it's okay to not have a good day, you know? And I think that's something I will always tell myself is that give kindness to yourself and others, obviously. But I think that's how I will live my most fulfilled life is loving the ones around me. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you. 